I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. And this is another video in our series entitled Perspectives on a Transitioning Market. And this is actually part two of our interview with John Rose, appraiser, uh, because there is a lot of information around this topic. So I'm joined by Shelly Schmitz again in this series. And we are, and Shelly, I'm gonna rely a lot more heavily on you on this second part okay. of this video. John, would you reintroduce yourself just in case people are tuning in to this video and didn't see the last one? Sure, thanks again for having me. Uh, John Rose with Premier Appraisal. We're based out of Vancouver in the Clark County area. We are licensed in both Oregon and Washington and we've been appraising for 21 years now. Excellent. So in the last video, John walked us through the mechanics of how an appraisal is accomplished, what, what information he needs, how he calculates that information to, to reach a conclusion about, I used fair market value at the end and then I backed myself off and said appraised value. Is fair market value the right word to use when you achieve an appraised value or is there a nuance there? No, I think you're correct. Okay, yeah, fair market thanks. value. Yeah. Okay, so in this video I want to I want to deal more directly with the relationship between the real estate brokerage industry and the appraisal industry on a, at a transactional level. Because obviously real estate brokers aren't closing transactions where buyers need financing unless there's an appraiser out there appraising the property to justify the loan of that the loan to the buyer. Similarly, appraisers, I think rely on real estate brokers for information to assist the appraiser in reaching a reliable fair market value. Fair correct. statement? Yes, correct. Now, tell, tell, tell us how come. How does, if you've got the MLS data, why do you need a broker to tell you anything else? Well, there's so many nuances when it comes to a property. Um, you know, it could be some of the upgrades that the home has. Maybe they're not visible. Uh, maybe they're behind the walls or there's special insulation or low voltage wiring. I mean, there's a lot of things that just aren't visible to an appraiser that we don't see dur during a normal walk around of the property. Okay, so we're talking about the subject trans the subject property at this right. point, right? Yes, correct. Which is the property that you're appraising versus the comparable sales. Correct. Okay, so you're saying that when you inspect the property, do you want a broker to have a conversation with you about, hey, John, here's some features of this property that you may not see with the naked eye, but I think they're really important to this, to the value of this property? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything that we can get, any information that pertains to the house that can just help us put a credible report together, uh, the more the merrier. So, you know, there's only so much that the broker can list on the MLS. So unless there's something left behind by a homeowner or a broker or face-to-face -face with a broker or a telephone call, you know, we need to get that information so we can put a report together. Do you like to get that information in writing or in oral communication or does it not matter? Really doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's some agents that are really good about showing up to the appraisal uh, inspection and we'll talk about the property, maybe the number of offers that they had, how long it was on the market, maybe any reluctance they had due to Maybe it backs up to a busy road, uh, or maybe it has great views. You know, there's stuff that maybe it had multiple offers because of the views. So those are all things that we need to take into account as appraisers. Okay. Can I ask a question on that? Too? Please. So when a, a listing agent or the buyer broker is there uh, with some information for you, 
Do you have recommendations on the best way to present this to an appraiser? Like, do you want me to have it all in a cute little packet and, you know, a table of contents? <laughs> or, you know, if I just gather what I have, the comps I use, whatever information I would like to share with you, and I just have it all piled up and I, and I just give it to you. Um, do, do you have any recommendations for us on good, like best practices for that? What, what is helpful and then where you're like, please people don't do this. Sure. Yeah, I think it's very important just to have that open line of communication and come across as a broker to the appraiser that you're there to just help them, guide them with, with information that's relevant about the house. Um, I think that if the broker comes across with here's 20 comparables that you should use for this report, this is what I use to come up with the value, you're going to need these then you're telling the appraiser how to do their job and that's usually where the appraisers are going to step back and say put up that wall and say no thank you i've got the, i've got this i can do it on my own but if it's good information you're saying hey i think you know this is a unique property for this reason here's some information on the house i've put a packet together for you hope this helps you if you have any questions just let us know that's great that's what we want okay, okay so wait a second then because we finished the last video by saying that brokers must avoid the appearance of uh, influencing the appraisal process. Mm -hmm. And you just said, give it to me brokers, what I don't know I want you to tell me, which is going to affect your number, your, 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 your fair market value. So right. what's the difference? Well, there's the difference between being influenced and getting information. And so that's, as appraisers, we want all the information that we can put that credible report together. We don't want to be influenced, as you've pointed out, is that if it crosses the line to where an appraiser or anyone else says that, here's the information that you need to use to get to a $550,000 purchase price, now you've crossed the line, now you're influencing. But if you're just giving us factual information about a property, I think every appraiser that I know of is going to take that in and be grateful for it. Good. Okay, that's good information. Um, and then the same is true then with comps. Is that true that if, if we talked in the last video about maybe off-market listings, pocket listings, if I have information about some comparable sales, and I'm a real estate broker, not the hotline lawyer, but I have some, as a real estate broker, I have some information about comparable sales that that I don't know if you're going to have. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe they're even in the MLS, but I just think they're really valuable comps and I want to make sure you have them. Is it okay for me to just hand you these comps? Absolutely. So that's yeah. information. Just information. Okay, so yes. the information can be about the subject property and the information can be about comps. Right. And as long as I'm delivering you the information, that's allowable. It's not okay for me to say though, John, it's really important that we get this value at 550. Correct, right. Yeah, that, that's where it crosses the line. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what about, you know, you've been in the business for 21 years and you for 30 years and me for even longer than that. Um, we all then, the three of us, remember when Dodd-Frank passed, that's federal legislation at the national level, 
there was this buzz around the industry that brokers and real estate brokers, I'm sorry, brokers and appraisers were not allowed to talk to each other. Right. Do you remember that? Oh, very well. <laughs> okay. It's not true, right? Correct. Right. Yeah, it really just came down to, I think, like you said, when that first came out in 2010, there was this reluctance to talk to anybody. No one wanted to get in trouble. Now, there was guidelines that said, if you are caught doing this, influencing, you know, there could be penalties, a loss of your license, it just, you know, goes down the list. And everybody stepped back and said, we're going to put up this separation between everybody, so let's not talk to the appraisers or the brokers or the lenders, and that way there's no, you know, there's no uh, you know, information that's going back and forth out there. or No chance so, of it. No chance of it, right, correct. And so I think over the last you know ten years now I guess it's been longer. Um, you know it's we've we've learned from that. We've learned that what's allowable and not allowable. Um, you know it's just, again going back to gathering the information and and getting the data. And I think for a while there appraisers were like, oh good, I'm not going to get influenced. You know yeah. this is all great. But even from my profession is that. It slowly, or I should say, quickly, we realized that we weren't getting the necessary information mm -hmm. without having that communication with the brokers right. that we once had. So here, I wonder, within the appraisal industry, do do you guys do a fair amount of education or any education at all around what influence is and what you need to avoid with respect to influence? Because I'm going to tell you in the brokerage community, we don't do that. We don't have that education. And I'm, and I'm having this conversation with you right now thinking that this is something we need to talk more about as an industry. I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not part of our normal education or continuing education. So, I mean, when it came out, the Dodd-Frank, and it came out you know, 12 years ago, and that was kind of the last time they said, here's what it is, don't do it. But And there really hasn't been a lot of educational guidelines since then. Okay, so both industries then, we need to do a better job of understanding how how the two industries can work together without crossing that line, but to help both industries achieve the goal within that specific transaction. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. good information. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, John, what about the post-closing, let me back up. You're, you're now dealing with comparable sales. Okay, we talked about the subject transaction and in the last video, um, you, we discussed at the very end, you know, if there's concessions built into the price of the subject property, what about those closed transactions that you're looking at to use as comps? Is it important to you as an appraiser to know whether those comparable closed sales had things like $10,000 of closing costs built into that mm -hmm. purchase price? Oh, absolutely. You know, one, it, it's, we're required as part of our form filling process by Fannie Mae to gather that information. So we have to call every broker that on a closed transaction and ask them for that. Um, and then either put it as none or whatever amount it was or maybe not disclosed, we can put that in there. Um, but yes, we are required to at least try to obtain as much information as we can pertaining to that closed, com that comparable sale and any concessions that might have been around that. What's your experience? Do are brokers typically forthcoming with that information for you or not? 
It's probably 50-50. Yeah, um, you know, there's still a lot of people in the industry that says, you know, I can't give you that information, which is, you know, that's correct without getting permission. Um, but I don't know necessarily if brokers are taking the time to ask for the information or ask for the data to give to the appraisers. It's easier, it's my opinion, is that it's easier for a broker, and I know brokers are all busy, but it's easier for them to say, I'm just not going to give it to you. Right. And then be done with it. Right. Um, but as an appraiser, you know, that might be really relevant to getting that credible report. Yeah. Shelly, do you see this at all? Well, I, I see a lot of brokers giving the information. Um, and then I see some that, of course, are not. Um, some, uh, some newer brokers are like, this appraiser just called and needed this information. I'm not sure what I'm you know, supposed to do because it's the first time they've had it. Sure. And, you know, that wasn't part of their you know, licensing. And um, so they're like, is this normal? The one thing I'll say is as we've been talking and, and looking at giving the appraiser the, the um, you know, information for concessions is, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you okay if I give this information so that it will help this appraisal and future values of property down the road? Because if you don't have it and it affects the numbers in a negative way, especially, that affects future appraisals, I would assume, if sellers are not willing to give this information. And, and so I hope I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making myself clear. I'm not sure um, how clear I just made myself, but that's kind of what I was thinking is, ho will holding back the information actually hurt the appraisal process and future sales? It, you know, potentially. I mean, it's, you know, as a market, if there's enough data that's withheld, you would think ultimately, some point, all that lack of data mm -hmm. is going to affect one way or the other. That's why Fannie Mae wants you to get it. Correct. Yeah, right. So the, the point, when I hear from brokers on the hotline about this asking, do I have to give this information? And, and the answer is no, you don't have to give, you don't have to answer the appraiser's question when they ask. I think the more appropriate response is what Shelley suggested. You call your former client, the, your client from that closed transaction, and you ask them if you can have permission to give that information to the appraiser. How you frame that question is probably going to de determine how the client answers, the former client answers. If, if you make it sound like it would be a good thing to share because it improves the appraisal process and it creates a more reliable number going forward for the next property, the client, former client is probably going to say, good, give me the information, and that's fine. If you approach it in a negative way, then the client's probably going to do what you're wanting them to do, which is to withhold permission, right? But the pushback that I get from brokers is to say, why should I tell this appraiser that yeah, there was ten thousand dollars built into the closing costs of that of that last of that closed transaction because all the appraiser is going to do is use that number to reduce the value. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the poor buyer and seller and brokers involved in this transaction that he's appraising for. Why would I empower him to do that? Right. Right. That's yeah. that. That's the the mindset that I get. But what I hear you saying is the information that I'm getting could affect the value one way or the other. Right. It could make the value higher, depending on what the answer is. It could make the value lower, depending on what right. the answer is. Right. But as an appraisal industry, we need accurate data so that we can accomplish the goals of the marketplace, which is to create accurate fair market values to create a reliable 
lending process. Right, exactly. And now the way, just thinking as you're talking about that is, with the whole process, the way that appraisals are uploaded through what they call the UAD process, it's an automated underwriting, and our appraisals are uploaded, is that if I'm appraising, or if I use a comparable that sold three months ago, and I talk to the agent or the broker that sold that, and I find out there was, say, $5,000 of concessions, that could affect the value of my report. If another appraiser uses that same comparable and doesn't get the information, they're going to have different results in their reports. When all this information is uploaded to Fannie Mae, now Fannie Mae has this conflicting information. And they might have 10 different appraisers that use this comparable, and there might be a variance of information out there. Right. So that's where, you know, you know, we talked about earlier in the earlier videos about the tensions between appraisers and, and brokers, is that that's just one facet of it is that you know, the reluctance to give it, whether they're supposed to or not, the appraiser may just think that, you know, oh, that, that broker just doesn't want to work with me, and then they throw up the wall, and you know, and then we have more tension in the room. So, right. um, yeah, it'd just be nice if we all can all get along, right? Right, right, all get along. But, but to help each other out, you know, that's, the, the, this whole video is, is really what, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, if we didn't share, if our clients were not willing to share, that does change the landscape for these appraisals these values sure. potentially and more information you have probably the better the appraisal will be and I don't know a negative I mean there's probably a story why someone in a very certain situation may not share it but I would because think some, they just got a low appraisal on their last transaction and they're mad yeah yeah <laughs> exactly That's exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. but I would say 99% are like go ahead there's why not share it you know Okay, so so I'd like to take this this same conversation though to the to the final step. I think um, we're talking about brokers giving you information on closed transactions, but in the last video, you said that Fannie Mae wants you to include pending sales in your um, appraisals. If you're including a pending sale, you're not working off the list price. I assume. I assume you're calling a broker and saying. What is the pending sale price? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to get to. Are brokers giving know, you that information? Uh, no, usually not. I would say majority of them will not give us that information and withhold that, being that it, the transaction hasn't closed yet, so you know they can't give us that. But you know, we as appraisers are trying to get that, and again, we, we at least have to ask the question. Right. Just like closing costs, concessions, we have to ask that. If we're going to be using pending sales as a one of our uh, you know, comparable, it hasn't closed yet, but it's a comparable sale. If we're going to be including those in the report, we need to know all the information. Yeah. And so, and especially over the last couple of years where we've had multiple offers and we've had values or prices going skyrocketing, you know, $50,000, $100,000 over asking price. As appraisers, we don't know that. That could help you get the price higher on the subject property. Exactly. Yeah. And so without that information, without having the accurate sales price, that might adversely affect the value of this subject property. Right. And then that's when we start talking about potentially low appraisals. 
So Shelly, I'd like you to speak to this issue. The reason brokers typically don't want to share that information is because they the seller has agreed to sell the property for three. It was listed at three fifty, and they've they've sold it at three sixty five, and they don't want to tell the appraiser that yet because what if there's a sale fail? What if that house has to go back on the market? Now they don't want a future buyer to know that they were willing to accept a three sixty five because maybe now they think they can get three seventy five. Right? That's the concern from the broker standpoint. Who says it's not a closed sale? I can't give you this pending sale price. Do you have thoughts on that? Well. I don't know how that buyer would necessarily get it because it's it's just information that has gone to the appraiser. Well, you're gonna you're gonna capital you're gonna take that information and put it into your written report, right? You're right. Okay, so it's gonna be part of a written appraisal. That appraisal uh, presumably is gonna go to a buyer broker and a listing broker in his subject transaction. Now, not not your right. pending transaction, but if one of those brokers becomes the buyer broker, you see that that that's. Yeah. I think that's rare, extremely rare. And I also believe that unless it's a low appraisal, the buyer broker isn't even seeing an appraisal. Because if it comes in at value, everyone's just moving forward. And the buyer broker won't even get a copy. If they it could comes, if they wanted one. If the buyer wanted to share it with them, sure. Okay. Um, but if you have a low appraisal, then of course everybody's gonna get a copy of that appraisal. Gotcha. Um, but I, I, I just haven't seen yet, and in my experience, that not sharing has, has been a benefit. Um, usually, when you share, you know, it, it's okay with the appraiser. It's a big different story if I was a listing agent who had a pending sale and a buyer broker called me, wanted to know what that offer was, because right. then the odds if I get a sale fail and they have a buyer are much greater, so right. then I probably wouldn't share. I'm okay sharing with an appraiser. Um, with your seller's permission? With seller's permission, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, just, I just think the odds are so, so slim right now. And it, as our market turns and if we start you know, going down here in price, you're going to probably be sharing a price higher than maybe what the market is willing to bear. So it could also be a, it's yeah, not that true. big of an issue because seller, you may be in a position where you have to take less anyway than what you got before right. just because that's where the market has put right. you. Okay. Anything else? I would just say as a broker, try to get into classes about appraisals being taught by an appraiser, being taught by a lender, being taught by whoever, get, have the best knowledge you can in regards to appraisals. And one of the things that Dodd-Frank did, and, and even before that during the shift, is we started having less and less communication as brokers with appraisers. When I first started like 100 years ago, we had classes taught by appraisers and we had great communication with appraisers. And when you did have a low appraisal, you understood it better. You also understood pricing better if you understood how an appraiser looks at it. I mean, a lot of times you are pricing a property. I'm not, a price, I'm not pricing my home with the same paperwork that John is using, but together we both come to the same price. And there are some key components that 
you know, I watch for it because I know it's going to make a difference when an appraiser sees it. But try to get yourself into whatever classes there are. Don't just be like, eh, I don't know. No, you should be there. If there's an appraiser willing to teach about appraisals, you should be in that class. Okay. Everyone. Yeah. Well, just to go along with that is I think it's important for, as a broker, we talked about earlier, is knowing how to read an appraisal report, mm -hmm. knowing what to look for. Or if it does come in low, you know how do you how do you handle that with your client? Mm -hmm. um, you know how can you go to a lender and maybe ask for a revision or a rebuttal of that? Um, you know those that's information. A lot of times, I think it from a broker side is that if the appraisal comes in low, they just assume that's the end of the road. Right. It's low. We're going to have to go back on the market, or or buyer has to come up with money. But sometimes that's not the case. So I think it's important to have that, like I said, the interaction between the appraisers and the brokers again, have those classes so we can educate everybody. And when you talk to an appraiser, be nice. There, there is absolutely no reason to call them up and be grouchy. First of all, they hold the cards, okay? But just be nice and come at it from curiosity. I'm, can you share with me why you chose this number? Can you point out a few things? I have a few questions. I have never had that backfire on me. But if you come at it from the, you are bad, and You're you wrong. have destroyed <laughs> everyone's lives because of the slow appraisal, that appraiser is gonna back off and the wall's gonna go up. So don't attack them. Um, appraisers are humans? They are human, I know. And That's the nicest thing you've said. <laughs> I would just just be kind and come out of curiosity um, because they're not here to destroy transactions but they do have to justify to the bank a number sure a property right sounds like a good place to end I like it anything else John I don't think so appreciate you having me here thanks for coming if you have questions on this topic or any other visit warealtor.org Click the link for the legal hotline, ask me a question. And thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.